apparently I was exposed to COVID. So again, uh, by, by a coworker. So yeah, cause we were eating lunch, um, in the back and I remember her making a comment during lunch. She's like, I feel like I don't taste any of this. And she was like having some really, really, and I looked at her, I was like, it's probably nothing you know and then I was supposed to work on Monday and I get a call from my boss she's like yeah Lucy you were exposed to COVID and so I'm off this week to self-quarantine which is lame because when COVID first started the quarantine um, time was actually two weeks but they've shortened it to I think it was, Why would they think shorten it was like 10 it? days I don't know but I saw something recently that they might turn those 10 days to seven days now. Dude, that just seems like an office scenario where you just be like standing to a coworker and they're like, you know what? I've been dry coughing quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, she actually tested positive, but um, uh, they didn't. They're not making me get tested, but I'm going to get tested anyways, especially since I'm going to be going home for the holidays. Yay. And, come back to me. Which Lucy. means Kim and I are going to. Film another video. Not if you have COVID, so get that checked out first. Oh yeah, yeah. no, I'm not coming home about COVID. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do a we'll do a virtual video if we have to. Uh, what was I gonna say? Oh, we oh, can finally anyways, yeah, film so I'm, for our YouTube. Yeah, 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 yeah. But basically, I'm not working and still getting paid, so I have time, more time. I am now. on the same boat, isn't it? Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um to to an extent because sometimes when you have too much free time it's like what am i supposed to do but yeah we'll definitely we'll definitely do like another random episode and just talk about things where we've been interested in yeah that was fun and it did get a lot of views so hmm. food for thought i thought it would be something that people listen to the least for some reason but i guess there are people that like listening to us because of our personalities kim I know, <laughs> but I feel like we, as much as we do like self-help content, I think it's good to take a break and mention fun things, especially during this pandemic and everything. People are just looking for a ray of sunshine. And something I, uh, something else I realized too, like our last, uh, what was it? Religion versus spirituality. Yeah, it was something we were really interested in, but I feel like a lot of people aren't. Um because I know for a period of time, I wasn't interested in it. Yeah. A lot of people, I feel like, haven't been awakened yet or they don't care as much about uh, personal development as we are. Yeah. But that episode will be there for people who, you know, want to listen to those sort of topics. And maybe even the listeners now that we have don't want to listen to it now, but they can always come back to it. And we had fun. So that's all that matters. Yes. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Lucid in Translation. This is Lucy. And this is Kim. And this episode, we will be talking about self-doubt. Kim had asked some of our listeners what we, or what they wanted us to talk about, and this was one of the topics. And so, here we are. Yeah, so today we're talking about tapping out of self-doubt, and I love this title because yes. it basically means that we have the choice whether to tap in or tap out of self 
doubt. So you're not stuck in this mentality forever. So self-doubt basically is a lack of confidence in oneself and one's abilities. It's feeling incapable of doing things we want or need to do. You know, it's that voice in our head that tells us we're not smart enough, we're not talented enough, we're not experienced enough. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think small levels of self-doubt can be good because it helps us recognize that we may not always be right. So having that humility enables us to relate better to others. But on the other hand, it could also be unhealthy when we let it reach a chronic state. So this is when we stand in our own way and have trouble seeing the good things about ourselves. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Going off of that is just like when... When you have this self-doubt, you know, certain things that you might show is seeking constant reassurance from others, uh, having difficulty accepting compliments and even giving compliments to yourself and just having that overall feeling that you're just not good enough no matter what you do. Like you said, like it can be positive or negative and it's negative when it's persistent and toxic and it you kind of, your mind starts being clouded by these like exaggerations of your shortcomings. I like that term, exaggerations of your shortcomings. Exaggerate, yeah. (laughs) In this episode, we wanted to talk about where self-doubt stems from, um, the mechanisms of self-doubt, and we're going to include our, you know, our personal experiences with this like we always do and we'll end off with certain solutions I guess to help alleviate it do you want to start sure so there are four psychological mechanisms self-doubters use to uphold these unhealthy attitudes so the first one is the self-fulfilling prophecy and this is the way we speak to ourselves repeatedly over time eventually forming grooves in our neural pathways and so this can happen from two simple words. I can't. And when you convince yourself that you can't, you put in less effort, which increases your chances of not succeeding, thus reinforcing our own negative beliefs, creating a vicious hellhole of a cycle. And so this can stem from your upbringing, being told that you can't do something. Um, And so Lucy, you can go more into childhood upbringing in that aspect. Yeah. So um, I feel like I don't know. Childhood upbringing just affects a lot of areas in your life. Um, But in this case, it's like, for example, your parents growing up telling you that you weren't special enough, which is what happened in my case. Um, But I, I think for me, it's just like my parents never meant it literally. It's more like you don't exceed in any area. So therefore, you're not special. And it was something I did accept growing up. And I don't know, I guess I didn't realize how much it affected me until later on in life, maybe like after college or during college and feeling like I'm not special and I'm just like an average person, which can be good because it kind of humbles you in a way. Self-doubt is like a really weird area for me because I feel like most of my life, I never had that. It does affect other people. Um, For me, it's like, I think how it helped me is just self-reflecting and just realizing that, you know, it's other people's opinions and they're viewing it from like a different lens. Mm. I guess we'll talk about the solutions later. I shouldn't have brought that up too early, but. Yeah. I mean, I definitely feel like all across the board from friends, family, acquaintances, 
from a young age, I've always been told that my dreams were out of reach because I've always known that I wanted to head into media content creation and all of that. And I've mentioned in a previous episode where I had come out to my parents um, in middle school that I wanted to be like a film director or something, and they immediately shot that down. And over the years, I had told these dreams to a select few friends who also told me that I should go down a more practical path. And because of these people, um, I feel like it pushed me in a different direction. I mean, now, now I am heading on the path that I've always have been. And I realized that the people who voice these opinions and concerns do come from a place of concern and not just them yes. not necessarily believing in you, but it's more so the fact that mm-hmm. they haven't experienced it in themselves. So they are instead of projecting that insecurity onto you. It's not a matter of yeah. you being incapable of doing something. Yeah. I mean, yes, I definitely agree. It can, you know, come out of love and care. But I guess on the on the other hand, um, it can come out of jealousy as well. Not always with family members. Sometimes maybe for siblings, they see you doing really, really well and they try to bring you down. Um, but it can also be from friends being jealous of, you know, your natural capabilities and stuff like that. I know as as a kid, it's really hard to develop these defense mechanisms and you kind of just take it for face value and, you know, you kind of let it affect you. Right. Because you're so impressionable that at that age too. So you kind of believe whatever these authority figures tell you. The second root of self-doubt that we wanted to talk about is comparing yourself to others. Growing up, you know, females and males, they compare themselves with others in different aspects. Um, I feel like for us growing up, for females, it's like we compare ourselves aesthetically. Are we prettier? You know, are we skinnier? Are we more fit? And then males are like, I guess also a sag purposes. Am I more buff than the other person? Do I make more money? How many girls am I getting? That sort of thing. And I feel like, you know, social media is kind of worsening everything too. It's they're building up this fake persona of what a female should look like or what a male should look like. Yeah, it's just really not helping in that aspect. Do you feel that growing up constantly being compared to your brother has impacted you a certain way? No, so we kind of briefly talked about this in the past too, where I never felt pressured um, when I was compared to with my brother because number one, he's a male and two... The only thing most people compare um, one another with is education when you're younger. And I've always done better than him in school. So I I guess I never felt like that in that way. But I know you said that you have with your sister. Yeah, dude. I felt immense pressure. Have people ever compared you guys by looks? By looks? Not really. I'm just saying both your whole family is just so good looking. So you don't even need to compare. (laughs) Thank you. Um, it was never about, about looks. It was more so about like brains and potential. Like I mentioned in previous episodes, um, she was always the smart cookie, you know, top four, getting into a really good program, going down the path that our parents had wanted for at least one of us to go down, right? Um, she's yeah. now like a software engineer, and here I am yeah. in a podcast, which is fun <laughs> too. <laughs> Um, did she now this is like a side question but did she ever doubt her own path I I guess I never asked that 
You know what? I never really got that deep with her to know. I, I have Ooh, asked her I, before, you, you could... is, is this the route that you actually want to go down? And then she's like, yeah, I've always wanted to go down this path. But she has also told me that she's also very artistic. And that was a side of her I never really knew. But I guess like she does so, she does like to paint. But I guess it's a side of her that she hasn't really had the opportunity to explore any further because there is a lot of pressure, I understand, from being the eldest child, right? So she has a lot more responsibility Mm -hmm. that I may not ever understand fully. I wonder in her case, maybe she just, she set on just having that as a hobby. I don't think she has that huge desire to turn it into her career. Because I mean, from, from the outside, it seems like she's happy. Yeah, she you has know other priorities. It's, it is good the way things work out, right? Because she's doing exactly what my parents wanted, which gives me the leeway mm-hmm. to do what I want. Because, <laughs> oh, yes. you know, it's like, it's like one out of three kids right now, you know? Like as, as long yeah. as one of them is successful, that's all that matters. Oh, really? Not like a two out of three? Well, my youngest sister is still just 14, so we'll see how she turns out. But it's... how, how you're, <laughs> Now I'm curious, how are your parents treating her? Okay, let me just say, as the middle child, I feel like I have the most responsibility. Um, So Crystal doesn't do any chores. A lot of it is put Mm -hmm. on me because I think they Mm -hmm. finally realized, like, oh, yeah, she's a child. She shouldn't have to have all this pressure. And so in turn, I feel like I have to take up that position for her because we want her to have a childhood. But, like, where was mine? (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. I have I have tough skin now. Uh, do you think that they could be more strict on your younger sister? Mm. Do you think they're too chillax with her? No, because she is a really great kid. She is actually very okay. responsible and independent. So mm-hmm. she could she could be much worse, right? So I think out of True. the other kids I've seen, she's a really good kid. I'm curious. I feel like. If my parents had, like, a third child, they'd do the opposite. I feel like they would just go all out. They're like, my brother, it's like, Johnny failed, Lucy failed, now, now, it's the third child, third chance, last chance. Girl, you did not fail. I don't know. No, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of saying it in, like, a joking way. Yeah. <laughs> um, coming from a stereotypical Asian parent. But is, isn't that why they have a dog now? Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, my dog is... No, actually, no, my mom always comments about how our dog is the most behaved and the smartest in our Their family. Their prized child. <laughs> yes. Honestly, I accept that. Our dog is very well behaved. So the second psychological mechanism is self-sabotage. So this is basically a way to shift blame away from ourselves onto something external. So it wasn't you or your capabilities that failed. It was the situation. An example is that if you're worried about failing a test, you might not study at all. You don't give yourself the chance to succeed because you you don't give yourself the chance to succeed because you fear failure. And this is also the root of procrastination. You begin to believe that you're incapable of success because you've forgotten how well you do when you actually try. And I feel like I procrastinate a lot. Do I think that's the root of me self-sabotaging. I don't know it necessarily. I feel like that was never my intention when I procrastinate. But thinking back... Sorry, what was the, one of the last things you said? You said not trying because you've never done it before? So you don't give yourself the chance to succeed because you fear failure. Okay, okay. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. All right, sorry. Yeah, I, so, I cut you off. Um, 
Yeah, so I I procrastinate a lot, uh, especially when I was in college, but I never thought that it was because of self-sabotage, right? I just Mm -hmm. thought it was more so I like to bang things out at the last minute because the pressure is good for me. But now that I'm thinking about it for the times that I got like a B plus, I always think like, yeah, I deserve that B plus because I I didn't give myself enough time to get an A. And so that's fine. But if I had really taken my time, I could have gotten that A, not that the B plus was bad, you know? (laughs) It's hilarious how in certain classes in college, if you got like in high school, if you got like a B plus, you feel so depressed. But then sometimes in college classes, you get a B plus. You're like, yeah, damn, I did a good job. I think my my perception of the school scale system is like so warped. Like I think a B plus and above is good, but a C is an average. And that never really hit me until like later on in college when everyone was like, yeah, C's get degrees. But I was always like, it has to be at least a B plus. Yeah. Yeah. And especially if you're like people apply for grad school, it's like you compare the grades that you get in certain classes. But honestly, like some certain colleges, their classes are much harder. So I don't know. It's just hard to compare that. But also relating to childhood upbringing, even when I was in elementary school and my dad would see a paper or whatever, had a B on it, he'd be like, you could do better. Or if it's just like an A minus, you could do better. And so that was ingrained in my head from the longest time. Yeah, like an A plus and it's like a 97. It's like, oh, you can do better. (laughs) I remember- Do you you still- Oh, sorry. Um, I actually got a C in history or something in middle school. Oh, my butt was whooped. Do you still feel like that applies to you now or have you sort of outgrown that mindset? The grades? Yeah. If anything, I feel like that has changed into how much money we make now because we don't have that grading system for our parents to really compare ourselves with, right? I was about to say, well, in terms in terms of the grades aspect, when I start the program, we're still going to be we're still going to have exams every week. I keep telling myself that I'm not going to judge myself based on what I get, but also I have this one chance in this program and I want to exceed in it. So I should do the best that I can to get the best grades. Do employers look at those grades? I honestly don't know, but it definitely look good if I did well. I just want to learn as much as I can. But when you're applying to jobs, do you put, is like, is, do you still get a GPA from that program? No, but you can write like, oh, top 10 of your class or, or something Or would you like have that. to send a transcript or something? I So I don't know. I, I, have, I have to ask them more about it because I wonder if they do see how well you scored. But I do know like if you do well, you can write like, oh, top 10 of your class. But yeah, I feel like um, they're right. C's do get degrees because I don't, I haven't yes. had my GPA on my resume in over two years. And does it... And everyone lies these yeah. days. Do they really? I know everyone lies. They're not going to check. They're not ask you. They're not going to ask you to send their transcript. And I feel like they shouldn't care anymore. You know, after a couple years, it doesn't matter what your GPA was yeah, in college. I was busting my ass over nothing. Um, I liked your comparison about like instead of grades, it's money now. I feel like men do that more than women. Mm, yeah, it's definitely an ego thing. Yeah, because like the guys I've talked to, it's like they know how much their friends are making. I have no idea how much my friends are making. You know, I just assume and I don't care anyways. Yeah, and like I don't 
I don't place someone's worth on how much they're making. I only care about your own happiness, their happiness. It's like, I don't care how much you make. It's like, are you actually happy? Yeah, so you kind of, you touched base on the whole fear of failure thing, which I was going to bring up too. Um, But, you know, it's like when individuals have that fear, they kind of start asking others for validation. And this sort of action kind of, it weakens your own trust in your own capabilities. Mm, Intuition, yeah. Yeah, sometimes it's just like, especially with our podcast, we try not to tell that many people just because we wanted to just do it ourselves and not be judged. Not that we would be judged or ridiculed, but we just wanted to focus on our own abilities to, you know, get the podcast going and all of that. I I feel like I've stopped asking people for a second opinion on things that they aren't experienced with. And so like ideas for mm-hmm. videos and whatnot, some before I would occasionally ask people, and there was one time someone had told me to not pursue this idea because it could be seen in a negative way, but I did it anyway, and it went well. And that just goes to show that, and this this goes back to like another advice um, we had given before, but it's to not follow the advice or seek advice of people whose lives you don't want to emulate, right? Yes. But what if it was someone that you look up to? Would you listen to them more? These days I go with my intuition and a gut feeling and that has never set me in the wrong direction before. So if I feel so strongly towards something, I'm going to do it regardless. And sometimes I do ask people to see what their view is. And if they tell me an opposing thought and I still feel so strongly about the other way around, I would still go that way because just hearing them tell me to do something differently and I feel so strongly towards the other way, I just know in that instant that that was the path that was supposed to go down. Gotcha. I like that. But think about it now. I honestly don't think I have anyone in my life that I put on a pedestal. Yeah. I've stopped doing that. You put yourself on a pedestal. Yeah. (laughs) The only person you have is yourself. But yeah, the, the last bullet point I had with this was, um, when you're, when someone experiences new challenges, you know, with new challenges, it's like, you have no experience it with all with it at all. And so automatically it's like that unknown kind of sparks this fear in you. And you like your self-doubt starts building up. Um so for example, it's like getting a new job for the first time, meeting new people, changing career fields, that sort of thing. Mm, I would compare that to the feeling of slowly elevating up a roller coaster and that anxiety you get right before the drop. But then when the drop occurs, it's this feeling of euphoria. So it's like right before that instant of gratification, you know, it's like you're scared for the rising. But then once it hits the apex and then you're like, wow, it was worth it. I love the word apex. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) It's kind of like, you don't. it's like... (laughs) But it's, it's like you don't really know what to expect. Then when you go down, it's like, oh, it's actually not that bad. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit cliche to compare life to a roller coaster, but that is what I imagine. But it is yeah, how I would describe it. Oh, gosh. So the third psychological mechanism is imposter syndrome, which is an unreasonable feeling of being a fraud. Your achievements are disguised by the means of luck rather than personal ability or effort. So by assigning your achievements to factors outside of yourself, you're preventing yourself from seeing that you're just as worthy as everyone else. And I would kind of compare this to not being able to take compliments well or 
by putting yourself down to uplift others. That could be a factor of imposter syndrome as well. Do you feel like you've ever experienced that? Like something happened out of pure luck? Um, yes, my video going viral. That was definitely mm. that was definitely pure luck. But I do think that it was deserved in a way. Because it's not like I don't put an effort. Yeah, because I was going to ask. I was like, did you doubt yourself, though? Oh, yeah, because to this day, I don't think it's a very good video. I think I have better content. I know I can make much better content. I think for me, it's like, yes, maybe I didn't. Like, for example, if I, if I were in your shoes, yeah, that video didn't deserve to get that many views. But I've also, I'm the type of person that accepts that luck does play a role in this world. And so you kind of just accept it. What was that phrase? Um, It's like success is a mixture of uh, luck and preparation and opportunity. And then, okay, I think um, Oprah actually mentioned, I I swear to God, I think it's in my quote book, but I don't have it with me. But yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it was luck that my video became viral, but enough people saw something in me to continue watching my content from then on, which kind Mm -hmm. of validates that what I'm doing is good enough. Not that I need that validation, but in a way, of course you do when you're starting off on something like this explorative. When I I saw that imposter syndrome, I just thought of um, the game Among 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 Us. Us, Yeah. But I still, I still feel imposter syndrome to this day. But it's, it's like it goes back and forth between I don't deserve this and, oh, I do deserve this. I put so much work into this. Like it oscillates mm-hmm. between the two where I, I feel like I have a God complex that I deserve everything <laughs> and that, no, I don't deserve all of this. You just kind of have to appreciate that it came to you, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I also feel like I'm you not. you can't really yeah. return it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just maybe take the opportunity to work harder to return that favor, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I never know if I'm putting in enough work because you you always feel like you could be putting in more work, right? You can always do better. Yeah. I hate that feeling. It's like you think to yourself, like, could I have done better? Could I have done more? Yeah. But I think the entire point is to not stop, you know, stay consistent. And then you will look back a year from now and see how much progress you've made live today better than the day before yeah so even if you don't believe that you deserve it keep on going and then eventually Mm -hmm. eventually you'll see that it was worth it worth your while and that you do deserve it yeah so the last psychological mechanism i have is the lack of self-kindness so studies show that the lack of self-kindness can predict self-doubt and while we're usually supportive and nurturing of friends and family, we tend to be much harsher on ourselves and deny our achievements. Those who are kinder to themselves tend to accept their weaknesses and encourage themselves to do better. On the other hand, those with high self-doubt have a much greater need for approval from others. They worry about negative evaluations and are harsher in their self-judgments, which tends to lead them towards isolation. And if this resonates with you, this totally struck a chord with me. Yeah, so especially about the part of um, leading towards isolation, I feel that super heavy because times where I feel like it's hard for me to not compare myself to others, I immediately retreat into my own sanctuary, which is just my mind or by myself, because I feel like if I'm away from influence 
from others, it's a lot easier for me to pick myself back up again. Which I don't think is an unhealthy thing to do. I actually think it's a healthy thing to do. Yeah, but then it's like when I do expose myself to others again, I I feel the same issues of... Oh, you still feel the same way? I I still feel the same way. So it's... It, it is healthy, but um, I feel like I do it too often, um, which is, it's not like a negative thing that impacts other people, right? It's mainly me in my own head thinking that I should put myself out there more. This is kind of a good transition into the solutions part. Do you think you could have, you could do something different? I, cause in my thing, it's just like a lot of this, a lot of the solutions with this is based on producing results. I feel like this constant this constant thought is just unproductive. You're not creating a solution out of it. It's like for you, you know, retreating back to your own mind or whatever. You're not actually creating a solution for it. But I also feel that your worth shouldn't be based off of results. I do think a lot of it stems from lack of um, lack of self kindness, lack of love, and if you if you love yourself more then that translate to that translates to more confidence and then you will be able to put yourself out more um i think that's what i meant by producing results producing more self kindness would be one of the results i'm not saying results as in like oh you should try to f- change your life somehow you know so when you compare yourself to other people what do you compare yourself in regards to so one of the apps i hate to go on these days is instagram because mm-hmm. with the route I am trying to go down, I do feel like I need to be putting myself out there more. And so when I see peers who are on this influencer trend posting every single day pictures of themselves, um, just like constantly putting out content, I feel like I am not putting out enough content for people to consume. But what does make me feel better is that the time that I am working into putting out content makes for quality content and not just quantity. Yes. So I feel like for every single podcast that we do, I do take a lot of notes. I do a lot of research. And even just receiving that one message on Instagram meant Mm -hmm. a lot to me and meant a lot to you too. And so that's how I'm trying to differentiate myself from others because yes, we are in similar paths, but it doesn't mean that I have to do the exact same thing. But I guess your question was like, how do I compare myself to them? Um, I, I compare my productivity because like I said, I always feel like I could be doing more and putting more out there, but I have to boil it down to what is the root? What is the inspiration behind what I'm doing? And so that always yeah. brings me back into reality. Yeah. So one of the solutions you're doing is kind of reforming the way you think, the way you view this sense of self-doubt. Yeah. And just, so we constantly compare ourselves to others, but how often do we differentiate ourselves, right? I have a different amount of skill sets than this other person Mm -hmm. who might be doing a similar thing. And so clearly we are not going down the same path. So why am I putting myself up against them when we're not even trying to do the same thing? The only person you should compare yourself to is yourself. That was my first solution. Exactly. Oh, I just stole your idea. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I wrote down, instead of comparing yourself to others, compare yourself to yourself. Yes, Um, because like you said, we are all on our own separate journey. Mentioned this 
um, this dude before Bivex King, um, this one author, he, he said, someone else might already be at the most interesting part of their show while you're still making preparations. So basically like everyone's living in their, um, their own speed in life, I guess. Some might be faster, some might be slower. Um, but as long as you're just focusing on yourself and just preparing for what's to come, I think that's all that matters. I think it's also very important to pat yourself on the back for all the things you've overcome, right? I think some mm. people are more predisposed to certain traumas than others. And that really does influence how much further someone is, right? If mm-hmm. this person didn't have to deal with the amount of stuff that you've had to deal with in terms of, I don't know, like family issues, health issues, there's a bunch of different problems. If that person isn't predisposed to the so-called shortcomings, of course, they're going to be more advanced in life than you are because you've had to mm-hmm. take in, you've had to take that time to work on yourself before you could fully put something out there for other people. Agreed. And like all shortcomings that you experience in life, you always learn something from it. At least for me, it's like all the shortcomings I've experienced, I've, I feel like I've always came out as like a stronger person. Yeah. So it's not a setback at all. If anything, you now have this experience and perspective on life that other people don't have. And you can use that to your advantage. And I feel like we are utilizing what our experiences have given us to put something positive out there in the world. And this is kind of connected to like fear, fear, <laughs> connected to fear of failure. It's like, don't be scared of failing. Even if you do fail, don't see it as failure. Just see it as like a learning lesson. Yeah. And I feel like if you are struggling to separate yourself from other people and you can't stop comparing yourself, one healthy thing that I do pretty often is take a social media break, you know, delete your apps or just turn off the notifications. Um, Yeah. These days I hardly open up Instagram unless it's to see our own Instagram. I don't really check my personal one anymore because it does give me a sense of anxiety and that's something that's not going to go away immediately. So I'd rather just avoid it. Yeah. I deleted mine uh, when COVID started and honestly, like, I've felt so much better without it. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I do get my, I do get moments where I kind of want it back again, but I think about it in the long-term sense and I know it's not going to benefit me in any way. Yeah. I've definitely been a lot more intentional with the things I consume. So I don't really watch YouTube as much anymore. I don't really watch vlogs. I don't like to watch the way other people live. And Mm -hmm. I think that's been overall a lot better on my mental health. Yeah. And it's like, you're not really even deleting. It's like, you're not running away from it. You're just control. You're like kind of in control. Yeah. Controlling this one aspect in your your life. Power back. Yeah. So yeah, like rewire your thinking. Don't think that you're running away. Yeah. And if you can't improve a situation, then leave it. Another solution in terms of, um, the aspect of like new challenges and, uh, attacking something that that's unknown to you. I've always had the like fake it till you make it mentality, especially with this new career field that I just have no experience with. And a part of me, like, I don't want to say I didn't have faith in myself. It's just, I've never done this before, but I've known from, you know, having this mentality that it's always worked for me every single time, especially in college when you're trying new things. And so like, the trials of the success, it's what makes you more confident that this sort of mentality works. The trials of the 
success. Like the trials of success and like um, having this mentality and it working every single time kind of makes me want to do it more, if that makes sense. Have you ever had a fake it till you make it? Fake it till you make it. It's very hard for me to adopt that mentality, to be honest. I feel like you might have mentioned it when you joined your business fraternity. I guess in a way, because I was put into an area that was out of my expertise. You know, I had to be mm-hmm. presenting every single week. I, I felt nauseous before every single presentation, to be honest. But you still did it. I still did it. I don't regret it. Did I learn from it? It was traumatic, but I did learn from it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. How so did I guess you get it, yourself it, to do it though. I I, le- I did let fear push me through. To be honest, because mm-hmm. I knew that if I failed, I felt like I was failing the fraternity, the brothers. <laughs> you know, and like it was also it was all your peers right berating you. So of course, yeah. You wanted to to seem like you knew what you were doing in a way. But that, that's, that's a different experience so, that we'll speak on, like, another college episode. Okay. Okay. Well, this kind of reminds me of another solution that I had down is just, like, sometimes you just got to go for it. Because when you stop and think, you hesitate. Yeah. Honestly, so I think like, that's what you did. Yeah. This, this brings me back to when I was, like, interviewing for jobs and everything. And sometimes when the interviews would go so well... After the interview, I would think, who the hell was that? Where did this come from? Like, I I spoke so eloquently. I knew what I was (laughs) doing. They were falling into my ruse. Like, how did I do that? It's because, like, I just went into it and, you know, and somehow I didn't let fear overtake me. And it went really well. And that kind of shows you your true potential. Yeah, I mean, to this day, like, I do think that it was an out-of-body experience, to be honest. (laughs) Like, I don't know who that girl is, where she came from. I would like to channel her yeah. a lot more often, but, you know, they, they are in there. They are in there. Mm-hmm. Adding on to the new challenges part, um, another thing that you could do is just think to yourself, if I don't do this, are you going to regret it? Most of the time, I do. It's like, I think to myself, it's like, oh, why, why didn't I do this? Why didn't I say this? You know, that's just how I, just, I think a lot about the consequences of my actions and when I when I don't take actions. But like what type of situations were you in that made you feel that way? So uh, one of the first things I thought about was um, in one of my previous jobs, I was working as like a administrative assistant um, in this hospital. And every year they have this like big annual meeting with a bunch of physicians from like around the world and stuff. And I remember this one physician made like a really good presentation and I was kind of scared because I had a question about it and I was like scared. I was like, I don't think I deserve to ask him a question, but I knew that I would regret not asking it. Um, I mean, his answer wasn't going to affect my whole entire life, but just the fact of just like having that temporary confidence to just go up to him and just ask what I wanted to say just made me feel good overall, I guess. And think that like, oh, it was actually wasn't that bad. Because mm. you're not losing anything, honestly. That's another thing. You're not losing anything. You have to weigh like the pros and the cons. And most of the mm-hmm. time, you aren't losing anything. So the next tip that we have is what people say or do is not always because of you. So when people freak out about the little uh. things and you tell them, hey, it's not even a big deal. Chances are they already know that, but they're at their tipping point, right? And so funny situation that happened to me when I was working in 
the uh, food service industry about two years ago. Mm-hmm. I think I might have mentioned this before, but this dude cursed me out, called me a chink because he was waiting for a hot dog. Oh, yeah, yeah, you did tell me. Even though that pissed me off and like really set me off my game the entire day, I think back about it now and I'm like, you know what? This dude doesn't just randomly go around, you know, calling people the N-word, calling people chinks and stuff like that. Like, something, he must have been having a terrible day, and that was, like, the icing on the cake for him, you know? He's probably hungry, too. Yeah. No, it reminds me of um, this incident that happened to me a couple months ago where... I was at the park and I was using a porta potty and I forgot to lock it. And like an old man walked in on me sitting on the toilet and he like made some negative comment towards me. I don't remember what he said, Um, but it actually like affected me for like a couple hours. Yes, it was my fault that I didn't unlock it, but he didn't have to yell at me. I think for him, he was just like so embarrassed that he walked in on me. Yeah. And you know what? That man probably didn't even think a second after what he just said but it affected you for hours after yeah another example i have of that is the vietnam war memorial was designed by this college student maya lin Mm -hmm. and when she had submitted this to her professor he gave her a b plus and that is because he had also submitted for the vietnam war memorial and hers was chosen over his oh wow okay I actually learned that from an episode of Gilmore Girls, but it is 100% true. <laughs> and just goes to show that, like I said, like what you say or do isn't always, like what people say or do isn't always because of you, right? It could mm-hmm. be some other factor. Mm-hmm. And in that case, it was probably jealousy. And also another thing, the whole world doesn't revolve around you, so. I always think of, especially this week for some reason, a lot of embarrassing things that I've done just popped mm-hmm. into my head. But I'm thinking, you know what? There are probably so many other people like me thinking about their own embarrassing situations. So much yes. so that they wouldn't be thinking of mine. There we go. Yeah, so as long as it doesn't concern them, you know, like we are all selfish people. Okay, so yeah, I have two more. So the the next solution or advice I have is to surround yourself with like-minded individuals. No, I was going to say like, I wish I had more like-minded people around me, but you know, it's kind of hard to find those people when you're kind of stuck inside because of COVID and feeling just stuck in general. So I'm, I'm holding off on that. I know I have a whole journey ahead of me and I'll be meeting new people. So Hopefully I'm a like-minded person. No, you You are, Kim. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm just saying I want more. I want more of you. I want more of Kim's. Yeah, you can just clone me. I know I'm amazing. Yeah, I know. I'd be satisfied. (laughs) Yeah, so when I joined the Business Fat in college, I remember telling a brother that I wanted to work for a major media company, and they told me, chances are that won't happen because they haven't met anyone who at the time was able to do that and I was a freshman you know I was inexperienced and they're like you know what you should think of more practical options mm-hmm. but let me just tell you mm-hmm. I ended up working for two major media companies okay there we go wow yeah and the so the past month or two I have I have grown closer to an old friend Flora who is mm-hmm. an amazing artist jeweler and I'm telling you, when the energy is there, the energy is there, right? I love impractical, illogical, like unreasonable, manic, crazy people. Not not mm-hmm. that she is, but I'm saying like, I want to do Free so many people. things. Yeah, I want to do so many things that are outside of my comfort zone. And I want to juggle so many projects. 
as well as she does, right? And just finding someone who has that similar energy. I know that word is overused. We use it all the time. But just to see someone who had the same mindset as me made me feel like my ideas weren't that crazy or that my goals were so out of reach. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you have to find like-minded people in order for you to sort of get that validation within yourself. Because if you don't see that same type of energy around the other people that you know, you feel less confident because you can't, because you don't see that level of success or, you know, like people searching for the same thing as you. Mm -hmm. I want your opinion on this. Would you agree that it's hard to befriend someone who hasn't had any struggles in life? Oh, yeah. Um, Because it's not that. Yes. I just feel like, I don't know, I've met people like that and just like, you're just so simple minded. And all you've ever known is this one path you've been on. Yeah, it's not like I can't keep acquaintances or anything. But for me to feel like someone's my best friend, Mm -hmm. I want to get down to the nitty gritty, you know, like I want to know like the traumatic things that have happened to you, what has made you into the person you are. And when people haven't experienced that, I feel like I can't relate to them on a personal level. And therefore, we can't be as close as we could be. People bond through trauma. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying like I have traumatic experiences at work. But honestly, the times where I became much closer to certain people is because we just had a shitty day together. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like that does... It does affect your the experiences you've had and your experiences make you the person you are. And mm-hmm. so like when that's missing from someone else. How do you connect, you know? Exactly, exactly. I feel like we can also have an episode to talk about like connections, connections with people. How does that form? How does that stay? How does Ooh, that I break? Wanna, I want to dive into the differences between like platonic and romantic relationships All right, but the last advice I have for people trying to tap out of self-doubt is to listen to other people's struggles. (laughs) And we've talked about this before, (laughs) but I love hearing an underdog story. I love hearing people rise from the ashes, you know, because we, we often see on social media images and stories of happiness, success, and all that. But oftentimes you don't see where these people came from. And you think it comes so naturally to some people. So listening to podcasts, you know, expanding your mind through reading books really helps with the self-doubt. Just seeing people do things that you think are impossible. Learning that everyone went through their own struggles. And even though it might not be the same as yours, it's very similar. Um, It reminds me of that one episode. I don't know. I forgot which one, but it was the one where you were kind of lecturing me or giving me life advice. Um, and near the end, I was like, yeah, so Kim, have you been through anything traumatic lately? I guess it was like from COVID. And you're like, nope. And then a part of me was like, oh, <laughs> dang it. <laughs> I was hoping you would say something. You're not. I, I have been struggling a bit, oh, Lucy, I just to let you know. But I, I picked I know. myself back up. And that's how we do it around here. Yes. <laughs> this episode is actually over an hour now. Love it. I mean, we, we did it. kind of ramble in the beginning, which is like random stuff. But that's fine. I know. It's just, it's just sometimes hard to stay on a schedule in terms of talking because you just want to talk about everything because like okay so kim and i had this discussion about should we make this more scripted or not and i told her it's like i want it to be more free-flowing like a conversation um that's one of the main reasons why i wanted to start one it's just i love having this you know free back-to-back 
discussions. I love that too, but I think the best combination for me is a little bit of scripted in terms of definitions, you know, going into the more technical stuff and then free-flowing conversations about our own experiences. Yeah. I do appreciate how you, um, which is really funny because I feel like in real life, I'm the more scheduled one. Um, But I feel like with these episodes, you've been more uh, structured and I've been more free-flowing, which is really funny. Girl, I have a journalism background. I'm ready with my notes. (laughs) Um, But that's good. We have a balance of both. So... But yeah, so those are our solutions and our personal experiences around self-doubt. Do you have any last words? Well, to those listeners out there, if you have any struggles or questions and, you know, maybe want some life advice, please, please do not be afraid to message one of us. I love giving life advice. I am not perfect, for sure, no. Um, But I feel like in terms of the self-doubt thing, I definitely have a lot of good tips on that. Because I don't know, like Kim said, I've always been confident or comfortable in my own skin, which I didn't really understand until this year. But yeah, we would you? love to hear your stories. In fact, today we woke up from a message on Instagram from one of mm-hmm. our listeners, Julius, who for his Spotify wrapped, our podcast ranked as number one for the most listened in his wrapped, which yeah. is the most awesome thing for us to see. Because even if just one person is listening, that's enough motivation to keep us going, right? Yeah. When I say it warms our heart, like it honestly warms our heart. It like heats our heart up. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for listening to us again. You could also email us with more in-depth questions that we can answer on a future episode. That's definitely one of the episodes I'm most looking forward to because I would love to see everyone get involved or rather our listeners get involved so it doesn't feel like we're just talking to a wall yes we i want to start a lit community you know i love that people are now referring to our podcast as lit that was never an intentional thing do we like mention that at all when we were planning for this podcast and you had suggested the name i was like oh my gosh that abbreviates to lit lit but did we ever mention that in any of the episodes no, because I think we thought it was too cringy, but I, I've had people refer yeah. to oh us like, oh my gosh, the lit girls, like <laughs> the oh, so lit podcast. That is, that is going to be our uh, our title then, the lit community. <laughs> the lit community. Uh, might need some work. That's kind of cringy, but we'll see. Yeah. Talk to you guys next week. Bye.